Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by my second ever doctor. So we'll talk about a first in uh, in a short while, but certainly a second, Dr. Jim Van Allen. And Jim is an accomplished speaker and trainer with clients across the United States. He specializes in using a unique blend of audience engagement and high energy to make workshops and keynote speeches come alive. And I think yeah, we've all been uh, the recipient of ones that haven't managed to do that. So I'm glad you're on a mission to, to bring things alive, Jim. So thank you for doing that for the, for the listeners that perhaps have been on things that have less, less alive. Uh, Jim is the vice president of uh, schools with the John Gordon Companies. Interested to know more about that. And he runs the Energy Bus for Schools and Power of Positive Schools programs. Both are designed to give schools and districts the strategies they need to be more positive and engaged. So you can see where this uh, session is probably going to go for this recording, Energy and Engagement. Uh, oh, now this is art. He is also Professor of Communication Studies with Kaiser. Is that the right way of pronouncing it? University, where he teaches public speaking and interpersonal communication courses. And he's got a PhD, which is obviously where the doctorate comes from in education leadership where he analyzed the impact of professional development training based on the best-selling book, The Energy Bus. And the research focused on how schools and organizations can sustain a positive culture. He resides in Palm City. I should have read this before I asked you where you were, shouldn't I? Palm City, Florida, with his wife, Stephanie, and two boys, Brady and Brendan. And, and he says here at the bottom of the bio, listeners, uh, he's not a coffee drinker, but we are going to talk about something different in, in a little bit more at the moment. So we're definitely going to talk more about the John Gordon companies as well and as part of your vice president of schools. Welcome to today's podcast, Jim. What an intro. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. And I, I do have my drink here. I love the theme of the podcast and I'm thirsty, so I'm ready to go. Yeah. So let's get straight into the first yeah, you are the first person to come on this with a hot chocolate. So tell, us a, little, tell you, us a little bit about what you're drinking. I, can say, I promise you I'm not five years old drinking my little hot chocolate here, but I am drinking your classic Swiss Miss, you know, Swiss hot mm. chocolate packets that you get. The old school, tear it open, pop it in, and I have almond milk instead of water. So we were an almond oh, milk okay. friendly household. You heat up the almond milk, minute 20 in the microwave, you put in the hot chocolate, and this is, my kids love it, my wife loves it. And what's funny is that, you know, we're in the, one of the hottest states in the United States, in Florida, <laughs> and yeah. it's about, it's going to be about 81 out, but you know what? My hot chocolate tastes really good, and we love it. Yeah, and I, I remember going to France uh, when I was at school on a trip and getting quite intrigued by their bottles. They have little bottles of hot chocolate or chocolate, but in winter they drink them hot, but in summer they have iced chocolate. And I really enjoyed the iced chocolate. I'm not an iced coffee fan. The listeners will know that, but I'm certainly an iced uh, chocolate fan. 
So uh, it's you can't go wrong with chocolate. Hot. Yeah, you can't go wrong with hot, cold. You know what I'm saying? You can't go wrong. Yeah, with it. it's it's. Yeah. So why why the 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 milk? And I know when you have hot chocolate out, very often they make it with milk. What do you think the difference is between making it with water and making it with milk? To me, what I've noticed, you know, if you have a lot, if the water to me, it 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 well, lack of a better term, it waters it down, right? So yeah. the milk to me, it's creamy. It's much, it's much creamier. It's almost like a, you're drinking like a smoothie, a warm yeah. smoothie. I like a little bit of that viscosity there. So you know, we're we're we've always drank almond milk in our house for years, but we've I've had the dairy in it as well, and I just like a creamy, little bit of a thicker drink, and and it. It, it doesn't get as hot. The water gets really hot in the microwave, yeah. but the, the milk, it's like, it's not super warm where you're, you're burning your mouth. You ever drink the hot chocolate? You burn your yeah. tongue, yeah. you know, for the kids, it's much better. They love to sip it. So it's a nice, it's a nice tasty drink in our house. If we're not having coffee and, and just it, it's chocolate, right? I mean, everybody yeah. loves chocolate. It's a universal love almost. Yeah. Uh, you're talking to the converted here. We, <laughs> If we're having dessert tomorrow, it will it will be chocolate. It will be some form of chocolate. You know, when we have uh, cookies, they have to have chocolate on them. You know, and of course, we've just gone through Easter, so we're still plowing through our Easter eggs. We don't have any kids; it's just the two of us. But we love chocolate. Yeah, absolutely love chocolate. I'm with you there, 100. percent We're 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 full of the Easter eggs as well. When the kids are <laughs> at school, I work at home, so I'm in there you know, grabbing their little Easter eggs and saying, well, we must have lost one today and, and I eat them. So sorry, kiddos, but that's what I call, yeah. it's called a dad tax, Simon, a dad, a dad tax. tax. I remember a dad that. tax. You can, yeah, if I'm serving them some dessert, uh, dad tax, I take a little bite myself. So that's their, their that. payment. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's going to be a, a certain thing that might form a part of the headline of this uh, podcast. Definitely. Dad yes. tax. Yes. So tell us a little bit about, your role with schools, you know, there's a theme going in here about the energy bus, the schools, power of positive schools programs. Explain a little bit to the listeners ab about your work with the John Gordon companies and particularly in with schools. Well, with the pandemic, our schools have been suffering significantly. And I know not just in the United States, but internationally as well. You know, there's, do we do we send schools, do we send students in person? Do we not? There's been a lot of uh, upheaval in, in a full year, a lot of yeah. missed opportunities for learning and a lot of principals and teachers that are struggling with morale, with just the mental burden of having to teach online and in person. And, you know, John Gordon, I've worked with him for 15 years. He's an author of 25 plus books, many bestsellers. And I was yeah. his first ever intern 15 years ago. Okay, really. And, you know, we've, we've always stayed in touch. We've always worked together. And I've always been able to do, you know, he's, he, I was his first person he would hire to do speaking engagements. When he would get, you know, a little bit bigger and he couldn't yeah. be everywhere at once, he would call me. And that's grown now. That's grown into a role where he said, Jim, I need somebody to take over my school's program. Yep. It was going through sort of a relaunch because of the pandemic and just new leadership and new fresh ideas. And he knew that I've, I've been doing you know, school presentations for a decade with him. Yeah. So he sort of tapped me in that role. And what, what this allows us to do is you know, he has a few of his best-selling books out, The Power of Positive Leadership, The Power of a Positive Team, The Energy Bus. And what we've done is we've created workshops and trainings based on the, this material, but specifically for schools. So using language that okay. educators want to listen to and scenarios and examples and activities just for teachers and educators based on 
this this these books that have been these mega bestsellers so we know the material is powerful and it works and i just think most importantly it gives schools something to latch on to all year it gives it's not just a theme yeah. it's a it's a an opportunity to have a lasting impact on their culture the entire year because mm-hmm. the whole time of these workshops we're working on not just hey here's the professional development material but more about now, here's what you can do with it after I leave. Here are some things yeah. you can do in the classrooms, on campus, in staff meetings. Here are some principles to help you have a more positive campus culture. That's what our really our end goal is. For, I mean, the listeners here will be um, have different schools, different ages, you know, over here in the UK, school, leaving ages 16, 17. What age group? is are these programs targeted at because i think you know for for the pandemic as you mentioned different age groups have suffered differently as well and i think the the teenagers have been the ones that have suffered the most because they've missed that connection with their friends they've missed that interaction and they've become very isolated and very insular haven't they so what what age group does this does this target so as far as age groups are, are concerned, I just want to echo what you said about the teenagers first is, mm. is they definitely have been suffering, not just in the U.S., but, but, but worldwide. Yeah. We are we are designed, we're programmed, whatever you want to call it, to connect, right? We, we yeah. love to connect with others, and especially our teenagers. They want to be connected to, to their friends. And as much as they get knocked on for having too many phones and their phone in their hands and technology, they still want to be face to face, right? They, they still do. want to be with their friends and in these groups and, and in the environment. Yeah. And it's a shame that they've they've missed that. They've been having to miss out on that and have proms and homecomings and dances and games and activities canceled. You only get one shot to go through high school or secondary school. Yeah. And so that's been a big burden on them. So these programs are for any type of age group. We have specific ones that are what we would call kindergarten, you know, your five-year-olds okay. through, through maybe fifth grade or so, which is, you know, your, your uh, 10, 11, 12 year olds. But yeah. now we have, you know, the power of positive schools, which is dedicated material for our, you know, our, our teenage group that 12, 13 to 18, where we're talking about concepts that are, you know, how do we, how do we create a positive leader inside of you? How do we work on positive mental, positive mental health with you? Uh, character building, social and emotional components, because we want our students not only to be academically inclined, but we want them to have the social and emotional skills to be able to function as a, as a well-rounded person right in, in society. So that's why in the middle of the pandemic, too, we decided to create the Power of Positive Leadership for teens. It's a workshop specifically yep. for teenagers that hits them right where they are that asks them, you know, questions about why they're feeling this way and what some solutions can they gather, you know, teaches them about, you know, what is culture? A lot of you, if you ask a teenager, what is culture? They're going to immediately think about your, your skin culture, right? Your, your genetic culture, but we're talking about school culture, environment, the environment Mm -hmm. where they're in, because a lot of students don't realize, especially teenagers that they can create the culture they want. Yeah. They want, they can create the type of school they want, the type of organization that they want with their attitudes, with their beliefs, with their energy they bring every single day. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, ask you a question about the, the purpose behind this. And obviously you, you're very passionate yourself uh, about this. Uh, I just want to 
pick up on something you said just a moment ago. You know, I used to be a, a governor at what we call here in the UK, a primary school. So that's your sort of kindergarten up to about sort of sevens or eights, I suppose, perhaps a little bit older. And then we go to secondary school, which is probably the last school they'll be at before they go on to college. And it's interesting that in, uh, in that school, I always used to say, you know, people used to say to me, well, what's the difference between primary school and secondary school? And I saw it so much that primary school is where we spark imagination. It's where we spark creativity and we encourage out-of-the-box thinking. And when kids get to secondary school, certainly here in the UK, the difference with secondary school is the teachers, and I'm sorry if teachers are listening to this or in secondary school, but certainly my perception of this is, my opinion of this is, that education then dims that creativity dims that enthusiasm that positive because it becomes more about the metrics it becomes more about the qualifications it becomes more about the education than them becoming this rounded person i know there are different uh, schools that work in different ways but generally that seems to be a theme so for me i can see the real importance of this certainly in uk schools so you need to do this in the uk i can assure you but um why, why are you so passionate about this in schools and positivity in schools and, and John Gordon and, and the John Gordon companies? What's, what's the, the, the purpose and the why behind that? I always was the type of student that liked, that liked school. You know, I really enjoyed school. But you know what, Simon? I enjoyed school because of what you just said, the, create, the creativity part. I remember in, in the U.S. we have gifted education, right, where you get to be in gifted classes, which is a little more advanced and you get to use your brain more and do project based learning. Yeah. I loved it. it. And it's helped me now as an adult at, when I'm a, as an instructor now and as somebody who works with, with students and, and teachers to help them with their instruction, to help them build their campuses by being more hands on, by encouraging them to use more project based learning and hands on learning and stronger relationships because I always appreciated that about what my teachers did for me, create relationships with their students, pouring into me, not really caring about me. So I think that's why I'm so passionate is because I know the impact it had on my life and my friends' lives. And it built me into the positive person that I am today. And I can pinpoint you know, a handful of teachers that really impacted me in their classes. So I think it was a natural fit for me when I started working with John to say, I can handle that, you know, because I, I never taught formally, you know, in 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 what do we call elementary primary school, yeah. you know, but I you know I was a substitute teacher for a little bit. And okay. I developed my research when I was my master's degree research was a lot about um, communication in, in high schools and high school communication classes. Yeah. So I, I always just gravitated towards towards schools and wanting to be able to help them. And if you know, if you've read any, you know, if any of your listeners have read any of John Gordon's books and they're, they're really positive and they're really, they give simple, actionable strategies that you could implement that you could pick, put the book down and say, yeah. okay, I have five things I know I can do right now to be more positive or to help my staff uh, be more engaged in the process, yeah. build a more positive campus culture, have stronger relationships with people around them. You know, he we, in these programs talk about what I would call the soft skill side of life. Yeah. And it's I would agree with you about our secondary schools, you know, in the UK and the US too, being too test centered. And I don't know too many principals and teachers that say 
yes, I'm excited about <laughs> statewide standard testing, standardized testing going on today. Yeah. Not too many, if at all. I mean, I was the type of student that usually did, I did just enough to pass the standardized test, right? We have the SATs in, in the U.S. to help you yeah. get into college. Simon, my GPA, my grades were top of the class, but my SAT scores, very low, very, very low. Now, luckily, I was just enough. But luckily, I was well-rounded enough to get into my, the, my dream college. But that's, that's a shame because there's so many creative kids out there and there's so many amazing students that, you know, they, the standardized test doesn't work for them. And, you know, while we don't, you know, point our finger at, at teachers and schools for having to do this because it's a lot of times it's in the, you know, state or federally right mandated, we, we tell them, you, you know, you have to have that part, but hey, listen, this part here with the energy bus, with the power positive schools, this is going to help create a, a positive environment where you see the, you see testing not as an end all be all, but just a kind of a means to an end. And you, it helps you to realize that there's more to school and more to life than just these tests and that you can be creative forces in our schools, which is going to help these kids later on in life to be creative, right? Yeah. To yeah. find solutions to our society's problems. No standardized test is going to do that, but yeah. their their positivity and their energy and their culture will help. And you know, when I was, uh, I had a construction business for, for a number of years and a couple of other businesses, and I was always passionate about having apprenticeships and trainees in the business. And I used to go into schools and do talks. I would do mock interviews, uh, you know, for people who were about to leave school and go out into employment. And so many of my peers in business said, why are you wasting your time going into schools? There's no money into going into schools because it was all voluntary time. For, for the listeners that are the future employers, you know, and I know my answer to this, but uh, the, the people that are on here that are the future employers, the future um, you know, recruiters of people that are leaving colleges and uh, schools, what would you say to them of why they should care about the positivity and not just about the SATs and the exams? What would you say to them? I would say that, you know, especially looking, especially for those students uh, coming out of, of colleges and, and you're right, Simon, like there's, you're not getting into teaching at schools to, to make a lot of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. And even as, even from a training standpoint on my side, you know, we have trainers on our teams that will go and do, you know, business presentations for corporate, corporate engagements, and they can make a lot more money doing the corporate side. And God bless them. Our core corporations and your businesses that listen to this, they need the training and the professional development hundred uh, percent. Uh, I just decided that, you know, the school route was where my heart was and, and there may not be as much money there, but you know yeah. what? I know my impact there is still huge because the students are on the line. So I, I would just say like to those students coming out to you're going to end up doing this job for a long time because you love to do it. And it's not because of the money, because you know that your impact is, is a hundredfold. If you think about the amount of students that each teacher has in their, in their career, 25, 30 yeah. year career, you do the math on that. That's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students. So your impact, you're doing it for, for impact. Yeah. And, you know, on the other side of it, from the, the testing side, you know, that that's a tough one to answer. I, I would just, I would just say that while, while it's important to have some type of measure of learning, 
okay, we, we, I get it. We, you do that. You have to have some type of measurement of learning. And I'm not saying to blow up the whole system and get rid of standardized testing. I wish I could, but we're too deep in that hole. I would just, I would just um, encourage that to matter less. Let's not hold a kid back because he was uh, a couple points away. Now, if he's way low on the scale, he or she is way low on the scale. Okay. Uh, I understand. Okay. Let's, let's get to the heart of that, but let's more, let's more focus on, on culture and good teachers. And because a great school, a positive school that has, that employs teachers that really want to be there and are really creative and love the process, they're going to have these students prepared for that standardized test, right? For those tests. I mean, you know what I'm saying? A teacher that's just going through the motions is going to be like, okay, here's something we just have to do, you know, and they, they kind of muddle their way through teaching the test a little bit. But if you have a really great school and really great teachers who embrace it as part of yeah. school, say, hey, this is something we have to do. So I'm going to get you as ready as you can be for this. And then we're going to do a hundred other things as well. But we have to focus on this now. And they do it with a smile on their face. And they, they, their attitude is in the right spot. The students are going to be much more prepared and they're going to say, okay, we didn't really like the standardized test. If we do, still don't, we never will, but we're going to, we're going to focus on it where we can, but we're not going to over-focus on it. Yeah. And I think for, you know, for those people who are recruiting, employing anybody that comes out of school or out of college, you know, the, the best employees, if, if the listeners think about the best employees that they've ever had, it's not just about the skills. It's not just about the qualifications they came with. It's about the person that they were. And we all want to have that rounded, best possible personality in a person that we can, because they are the people that are going to contribute the most to our business. They're the ones that are going, going to drive not just profitability, but they're going to drive growth. They're going to drive self-development, innovation, as you say, creativity. They are going to be the ones that stay with us longer. And you know, when I think about some of the apprentices that we had, I recruited them from the schools that I went in to help. And they were the ones that stayed with me longer. Some of them I employed for, for 10 plus years, be, yeah, which is very unusual in the construction industry because they were great people. They worked well as a team, rounded individuals that you know, were just great to have on the team. And we loved them. You know, we loved having them on the team and they loved working for us. And I think for those listening who are employers, encourage wherever you are, you know, organizations such as John Gordon Companies to, to actually work with schools and look for those recruits from those kind of schools that have done that. Because if you've got a school that thinks like you're going to get a great employee, an amazing employee, without a shadow of a doubt. So thinking about, Jim, the the challenges that you've had, and I should imagine the schools have had the challenges, the kids have had their challenges, and you mentioned that you, know, you John Gordon, has gone for a bit of a relaunch as well. Just tell the listeners a little bit about some of the challenges that the, you and the business have had and how you've overcome those. Well, in March of last year, um, the everything, you know, everything shut down. And I remember the, we had a team meeting and John mentioned that he didn't think that there would be any more in-person speaking engagements the rest of 2020. Yeah. And he was right. I, I had, I went from having in August when our schools return, normally anywhere from 10 to 25 in-person schools. I had two that month. So he was accurate because nobody was booking in person. Nobody was getting together. 
So we had to pivot, right? As a lot, so many of your, your listeners yep. uh, to survive as an industry and as a business, you had, you had to pivot and be innovative. Mm-hmm. So what we, what we did, that was our biggest challenge, right? We, we, we couldn't go out to the schools and, 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 or to companies and do the speaking. So we innovated and we, we went virtual like everything else did. Yeah. And the difference is that we had to really make sure that these Zoom sessions we were doing were highly interactive and engaging yeah. because it's hard enough even going to an in-person engagement. You've been with these, right? If you've ever been to a full day training or a half day training with somebody or a keynote to just sit there, right? Even if you're talking a little bit, you're still, it still takes a lot of energy. So we had to use the breakout functions in Zoom. We had to use the polls. We had to use the chat room. We had to have activities where people would turn on their cameras and turn on their microphones and make it interactive and talking just like we were there. So we developed so many of our our training programs. We went from in-person to virtual. We we developed them almost overnight to, to be able to market that for our companies and our schools that still wanted training. Yeah. And still wanted to pour into their employees and their teachers, even maybe more than ever in the past, because then they were like, well, you know, our teachers and our employees are at home. We might as well have some training for them where they can just jump on the Zoom yeah. and interact. And of course, we made, you know, we made sure that it was affordable, especially for our schools. And I, so we added more engagement. Um, I know John was a big proponent of adding more webinars in, free webinars. I'm talking about free, yeah. where he would yeah. say, uh, I'm going to work with another trainer on the team and we're going to do a, an hour long webinar on the power of a positive team. Anybody could sign up. I know I jumped in and would for during the free book studies, he would say, we're going to do a free yeah. book study six weeks. Anybody wants to jump in. And I took a chapter, you know, a couple of chapters one week and I taught it and I interacted and we had different trainers each week. Right. And he had, you know, uh, these positive summits where he would bring together, you know, 15, 20 different speakers from all over the world. And anybody could log in and watch these speeches live for free. Okay. So you're hearing free a lot. So we tried to give away a lot of content in 2020. But and I, that drove I, leads. I, I, yeah. But I think that's, I mean, that's a significant thing because you know, I've noticed that, you know, I think what this pandemic has shown in, in all sectors, but particularly in the business sector, those people who have stepped up, you know, uh, I use, um, you know, CPAs as the example, you know, I've seen CPAs who have stepped up, they've done some amazing things for their clients. And I have no other ones that have just disappeared and they've not contacted their clients. They've just been head down, getting things done. And it, 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 the success has come to those people who haven't just pivoted. Cause I think a lot of us have had to pivot. It's doing it in a way that has been almost an unconditional contribution towards everybody else, hasn't it? And yeah, the word free, right. You know, I think has has meant so much when it adds value. Free is just free if it adds no value. But, you know, with the engagement and the things that you've just said there, that sounds like amazing value and highly effective as well at helping people out, I should imagine. Absolutely. And, and we made sure that they were designed in a way that was value first and not just a promo for a workshop that you could buy yes. or, you know, or a yeah. book or or they, they all log in and, oh, all of a sudden it's OK. Now you got to buy this. It, it was not mentioned at all or just briefly at the end, right? Everything is weaved in and it's, and that wasn't, that really wasn't the main goal. What I love about working with John and our team. And if you talk to me, like I have done more pro bono stuff, free stuff than ever. And, and if a school calls me as I'm, I'm negotiating with a lot of schools right now for in-person engagements, they say, Jim, you know, 
you agreed to do a, a keynote in the morning. Hey, do you mind staying in the afternoon and just doing some small group stuff with our teachers? Um, and, and I'll say, of course, no problem. I'm not going to charge you any more for that. I'm not going to say, well, that's going to be another, you know, X yeah. amount of dollars. You know, why, why do that? Like if, if our main mission enterprise is, is impact and to have a positive impact on places and to help, then it has to be mission over money first. The money will come, the bleeds, the bookings will come if the clients trust you, if you have a relationship with them, if they know they're not just out to sell them something. And that's where we try to do this 2020 is provide ongoing, ongoing value. And I'll tell you what, we are more, we are well positioned than ever this year for the, for the second half of this year for a comeback of comebacks. Uh, John's schedule is full in August. For speaking engagements, mine is starting to be that way. I do virtual stuff all the time. I'm managing so many leads coming in because I think people see that they were cared for during that pandemic process and they know they can come to us for value. Yeah. And, you know, one of the questions here on the listing, how has it been since you've done that? And it's good to hear of that, that success. If there was something else that you could say has been an outcome of the pivot and the change that you've made is there anything else other than being booked up is is there anything else that you recognize as an outcome from this change that the business has made and that you guys have made i would definitely say that our team is stronger than ever and that that has been that has been remarkable we you know there's a we're all over the place we're remote we're, we work remote yeah. we're all over the us and stuff so but now we meet regularly we're as far as on Zoom, we yeah. we text regularly. We're in each other's lives more. We're collaborating on projects. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be writing a book with one of the other teammates as well. Now we share leads. They come into my session. I go to their session. We're we're helping each other so much more now, and it's really been a a a pleasure to work with the individuals on this team. And what I think it shows is that when we work with clients, then and we work with them on creating positive teams that they can sense and know that we know what we're talking about because we're not just, we're not just talking, right. We're living it. We're living it as in, as part of our team. So that's definitely been an aspect. And what I would encourage your listeners, you know, who run businesses is to not overlook the power and the value of relationships and, and cross cross training and, you know, and, and just having people bond together. I mean, a, a unified workforce, no matter how big or small you, 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 your business is, is so essential. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't take a, a massive amount of effort. I'm talking about how, if you're able to get together and have dinner one night or do some, you know, go out and do a team building thing, or just have more regular meetings and just talk in the meetings. You don't have to have a formal agenda. Let's talk. Let's get to know each other relationships take work and they take time but it's so worth it yeah and it's 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 intriguing that you've mentioned there that that the team has come together and is stronger even though for a lot of people this remote working has been a separator of those relationships and you know i'm a member of a, a networking group bni networking and as a networking group we've become so much stronger even though we haven't seen each other in person we've got members of the group that we've never actually met in person but we've become stronger because we it's more easy uh, to do a quiz night on Zoom now because people would have had to travel to it before and perhaps, you know, you have to worry about having a drink and driving. 
So now we do regular quiz nights, fancy dress. We've done murder mystery nights on Zoom. You know, there are so many things that, you know, you can use the remoteness and the connectivity of technology now to actually bring that team. And it's great to hear that your team's stronger because of that. So that's amazing. Absolutely. So before I ask you to share a tip, a list, you know, a, a lesson that they can take away from today's podcast, the listeners, how do people connect with you and you know, the John Gordon companies? Then how, how do people find out more? You know, you've mentioned the, the energy bus book. Yeah. Where do we get copies of these, these books and find out more about what you're all about? If you would like a copy of the book, Amazon is your best place. Uh, the energy okay. bus, the power of positive leadership, the power of a positive team. Uh, very easy to get on Amazon. And if you are a school, we, we have, we have can, uh, Canadian schools reach out. I had a school in Sweden reach out for okay. engagements. And, and we would love to be able to take this uh, internationally. And I'm going to give you two sites for your listeners. They are energybusschools.com yeah. and powerofpositiveschools.com. So those are the two main sites you can go to to look at more information. And you can also go to johngordon.com, J-O-N-Gordon.com for more information on, on those programming as well. Of course, I love interacting with people. You can find me on social media. I'm at Jim Van Allen, V as in Victor, A-N-A-L-L-A-N. That has all my information on the podcast I run, which is Communicate to Motivate. So a lot of great resources for people. Amazing. And I strongly suggest, you know, the, the books sound great. And it sounds like the books are so easy to transfer the skills from different types of business, different types of organizations, whether it's a charitable organization, a nonprofit, or whether it's a business or, or an educational. That's, that's great. And we've I gone love, into all types of places. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I love I love the way that, you know, it's, it's so transferable across different types of organization right. and business. So if you could give the listeners a lesson or a tip where they can take something away, do something with it from today's podcast, which is always the aim of my podcast, and listeners, you need to take action on this, what today, Jim, would be the lesson or tip that you would share with people? I would say my lesson and something that, that I learned personally and, and we learned as a team this year is to be innovative. That's going to be my lesson is, is innovation. You need to serve, always survey your landscape. And look ahead at potential challenges that you may see, but even in the, in the cases where you may never be able to see something like when COVID was coming, we had to be innovative on the spot. And I love yeah. seeing businesses turn in from a full service restaurant into, they did to goes only and they made it so efficient and so wonderful and a lot of stuff, <laughs> they develop apps so you can easily get food and make it and, and survive, but not just yeah. survive, like thrive. A lot of our neighborhood businesses are thriving during the pandemic and now because they shifted, they innovated at the drop of a hat, but you can't innovate quickly unless you have a great team, mm -hmm. unless you have a team that's, that cares so much about the business that, that they want it to be able to survive and thrive, even when competition comes. So if you have a great team and a great culture and you have great relationships, you're going to have people step up and say, and be, be comfortable with sharing their ideas. Yeah. Okay. When people are comfortable sharing their ideas, you're going to, they have, they have, they're so close to the business. Your employees are so close to the customers and the products that they may see things, see things that, that you haven't seen as the business leader, as the manager. So the more you pour into them and, and make it comfortable for them to share when it comes time to innovate or pivot and 
come up with a new product or a new spin on something or a new offering that is going to help, you know, drive better revenue, grant more leads, you know, that you'll be able to do that uh, stronger and, and faster for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I was with a client just the other day and they're really, really excelling at the moment. Yeah, they're growing at an exponential rate during these uh, very difficult times for many businesses. And I was talking to one of their managers and I said, you know, how have things been in the last couple of weeks since, since I've seen you? He said, oh, don't ask. Dreadful. We've got a new product which has gone absolutely ballistic. I'm overworked. I'm underpaid. And the negativity around the success of the business was, you know, I, I could actually feel it draining the energy out of me as well, isn't it? And it's, it's definitely having that great team where they not just are comfortable sharing ideas, but they're so positive about wanting to. They want to drive the business forward. This guy just wants to hold the business back. He doesn't want anything to change. He, he just wants to do what he's always done. And you need, and you need that team that's behind it, don't you? Right. And, you know, and it's not this type of like saying to, to be positive, have a positive culture. It doesn't mean fake positivity where you're just yeah. seeing what you want to see. You acknowledge difficulties. You acknowledge challenges. You acknowledge it. Of course you have to, but you don't live in it. You yeah. use it and say, if you change your perspective, you say, okay, this is what's going on. This is challenging. This is negative. Now, my great relationships. What are our solutions? Where can we go from here? There's always going to be solutions, but if you, if you be solution first, instead of negative first and living that negativity, sky's the limit. And I love the quote there. uh, Use it and don't live in it. I think that's great. Absolutely. So thinking about your, your next hot chocolate and the fact that some of us are in lockdown uh, and not open as much as other people, if you could have your next hot chocolate in a dream location, Jim, where would that dream location be? Just describe it to the listeners. I'm going to say Alaska. So ah. we went on an Alaskan cruise about seven years ago before we had kids. And, and we got to hike the Mendenhall Glacier. Okay, that's a giant moving glacier. And we got to go inside of a blue ice cave. Okay, and it was as blue as you could see. It was a wonderful, amazing hike, but it was cold. So what I would say is, is I would love to go back to Alaska, go on a nice hike, right? Yeah. And get to some cold weather because in Florida, cold to us is 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is in your Celsius, but it's I not know, that but cold. I, I can tell you now that is a good summer for us here in the UK. So. I mean, if it's 60, if it's 65, we're cold. So yeah. I want to go to a cold environment like Alaska and, you know, and have a, I have a nice hot chocolate and get bundled up and just sip it. And that'll, that'll warm your, your body, that'll warm your spirits as well. So cheers to that. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on the, if I was going to have a hot chocolate, it would be somewhere colder. I went on an ice Canyon walk in Jasper many years ago, and we did exactly the same. We had this lovely ice Canyon walk, and then we all just, got around a fire, got the marshmallows toasting on it and a huge flask of the most delicious hot chocolate. And we just sat there and you just reminded me of that moment as you were talking about Alaska. We just looked up at the sky and it was minus, and I'm going in, in centigrade here. So it was about minus 20 that night. Uh, so that was really cold. Uh, That's cold. But it, but it was delicious. It really was. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you all the way on the uh, Alaskan cave. 
Definitely. You know, the hot chocolate's sort of a nostalgic thing, right? It's not something you drink yes. every day. Like coffee, people people who drink coffee, you drink it every day almost. Hot chocolate is one of those special occasions. I agree. You're outside, you know, you're with family. Let's have some hot chocolate. So it brings you back memories like you had. Yeah. And it, it definitely, you know, it definitely brings me. I'm a nostalgia guy. So it definitely makes me nostalgic for sure. Fantastic. So just remind the listeners again, the, the two book sites that you gave us, the two websites are? Sure. It's energybusschools.com yeah. and thepowerofpositiveschools.com. Two sites okay. for, uh, for the power of positive leadership and the power of a positive team. And of course, the energy bus, which can help businesses as well as, of course, our schools too. Yeah. And they can get those on Amazon, as you said. And Amazon find, available. Finding you on social media, Jim Van Allen is how we can find you on social media as well. That's right. Great. Well, thank you very much for giving up your time. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thanks for sharing some great things. And certainly uh, the dad tax. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm not a dad, but I'm going to be, I'm going to find a way to use that with chocolate. Definitely. Uh, oh, my I, kids, they, they hate it in a fun yeah. way, in a fun way. They're like, no, don't dad tax me. And I always get away to get a little scoop of whatever they're eating. So, yeah, well, my wife is going to become the victim of uh, some kind of tax <laughs> later on when it comes to chocolate, because we've got some chocolate this evening. Good and I deal. Think for me, you know, the, the getting that value uh, and seeing that the money will come from different value is being useful and be comfortable in sharing ideas. I think the thing I've taken away is that phrase that you said right at the end there, you know, if you've got a problem, if you've got a situation, if you've got a negativity, use it and don't live in it. I think that uh, for me, that's, that's the leverage right there, isn't it? It's quick. It's easy to remember. We just, we just have to have that on the forefront of our minds when we're in, when we're in it, we don't yep. get consumed by it. We always are looking for that way out. Fantastic. Appreciate your time. Uh, I'm sure it's much warmer out where you are than it is me. I'm about minus two this evening, I think, centigrade. So uh, what's that, about 30 degrees Fahrenheit? Yes, we would be having, uh, we would be hyperventilating in Florida if that was happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going to be 83 Fahrenheit here uh, today. So we're going to probably start hitting the oh, pool soon. So. Oh, wow. Come on yeah, down. Florida's thanks. wide open for business. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Listen as you hear <laughs> When you that all can first. leave, when you all can leave the UK, come on over. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Simon, I appreciate it. Thank you. And listeners, as you always know, this is part of my mission to help businesses, coaches, consultants around the globe become more aware, better educated, and talk about what we drink as well. And we've had an amazing drink uh, today of hot chocolate uh, with Jim. Learn more about ourselves and how we need to be more aware, and particularly about our schools and the people that are going to be the future of our businesses, the future leaders in politics, in corporate life in small businesses you know these people that we need to work on our positivity and our education as well are our future so we need to be more aware of that and of course some great educational tips there about use it and don't living it and some other items there uh, i trust you've taken some value from this don't just use it don't just listen to what you've had in the podcast day go out there live it and do some action and take something away from today's podcast and do something with it. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>